Hey guys, welcome to Telling the Told and Untold. My name is Toho. For today's case, we're going all the way to Port Elizabeth in the Eastern Cape. I should note that Port Elizabeth did change its name, but obviously at the time of this case, it was still known as Port Elizabeth or PE. So for the rest of this video, I will be referring to it as either Port Elizabeth or PE. So with that, let's go straight into today's case. On the 21st of April 2015, Jade Panato disappeared. I'm not too sure whether I'm pronouncing her surname correctly or not. I did try to find sources that like would say both her name and surname, but that was a bit difficult, so I do apologize if I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Jade was a grade 7 teacher at Rubik College Girls High School in Udnake near Port Elizabeth. I don't know if it's like Udnake or Eitonacha, but I'm just going to say Udnake because it's easier. Jade was married to Christopher Panato. They met in 2004 through mutual friends and a couple of years later, they got married in 2013. Christopher was a businessman. He owned the OK Grocer in Algo Park in Port Elizabeth, as well as the Infinity Cocktail Bar. I'm not too sure whether the bar was like a family business on his side of the family, like the Panato, like the whole family or whether it was just like his own business venture but he did own the infinity cocktail bar so what happened that day is that jade's friend shiri swanabu went to go fetch her at her home so basically they just had like an agreement that either jade would go pick her up that day or like shiri would go pick jade up because they both lived in Port Elizabeth and obviously they taught in Utnek, which is approximately 30 minutes away. So it was just like cheaper and they could just like save petrol if they just like took one car. So on the day in question, it was Sharice's turn to go pick Jade up. So usually what would happen is that Sharice would send her a message telling her that she's on the way and Jade would just stand outside the complex gate because she did live in a complex. So on the 21st of April, Sharice sent Jade a message asking if like she shouldn't just drive into the complex and collect her in front of her like own house gate because the weather that day wasn't that great and Jade replied that she would just like walk to the complex gate. So once she got there, Jade wasn't there and afterwards she called Chris, Jade's husband, to ask whether he knew where Jade was because she wasn't waiting for her outside like she usually would be and her calls and messages aren't going through. After this, Chris just replied that he thought that she had already gone to work and after like their conversation, Chris managed to like open the electric gate. I'm not too sure how they got it open or like he could do it like mobily or like what was the case, but the gate was opened and Cherise drove inside, just maybe assuming that Jade just decided to wait by her house instead of like the complex gate. And she just couldn't find Jade, like she was looking and she was nowhere to be found. And afterwards she decided to go into her car and just like start driving around outside the complex and maybe like surrounding areas because she just started like she had like a really bad feeling just to put it lightly or like in simpler terms 
and then she started driving around looking for Jade and during her own search she saw a police car and stopped the car and told them what was going on and they too decided to join in her search for Jade. After this, everyone started joining in the search for Jade. Chris was a part of it, friends and family, and the police as well, which is why they were able to like do their own police search. And because of this, the next day on the 22nd of April, 28-year-old Jade Panato's body was found. Jade's body was found in an open field in Guanabuche, which is close to Utnake. It was close to a gravel road which dissects Wincanton Road on the outskirts of Utnake. The next day after Jade's body was discovered, they had to run a post-mortem exam, which is basically just an autopsy to determine what her cause of death was. It was determined that Jade had been shot three times. Jade was shot in her chest as well as in her head. It's believed that she was shot in the back of the head because the bullet came out in the front of her head. It's also believed that she was pistol whipped before she was killed. There was no evidence of trauma to her genital area, which just made police officers believe that this wasn't a sexually motivated crime. It's believed that the shooter was more than a meter away when firing at her head. The bullet penetrated her skull and brain, the chest involving the left lung, right lung, and her spinal column. There was blood also found in her lungs. The bullet went in at the back and came out at the front, one at a slight angle. The third bullet entered the left side of her head and that, and that caused bruising around her eye. And there was also a fracture to the surrounding bone. Jade also had unique identifying marks on her body. She had a watch on her left wrist. She still had her wedding ring on. She had tattoos, one on her shoulder and left flank. And she also had piercings. She had a belly ring. Her ears were pierced as well as her nose. So after the autopsy and a couple of days later, Jade Panato was finally laid to rest. But at the funeral, something strange did happen. Her husband, Chris, like read her eulogy and then it was discovered that he didn't write this eulogy on his own. He basically just read something that was entitled My Sweet Wife's Eulogy, which was written by Charles Atkin in October 2010. And when people kind of like found this out and discovered it, they like brought it up to him and he just kind of said that it's because he was like bad with words and it's just basically just like resonates with him that he just couldn't come up like with his own words at that time. So from this point, I should note that everything in this case does happen pretty quickly as you would have like already been able to tell that Jay disappeared on the 21st, the body was found on the 22nd and an autopsy was done on the 23rd. So already things are moving pretty quickly. Five days after Jade's body was discovered on the 27th of April, Captain Willie Mai, um, the head of the Vehicle Hijacking Division of the South African Police Services in Port Elizabeth, received a call from an informant. Captain Willie met this informant and after their discussion, he had his first suspect. This suspect's name was Lutando Sioni 
and he had his own gym. So after Captain Willie got this name from this informant, he then went to Lutandra's gym to try and find him and then he couldn't find him there. After this, he went to his girlfriend's house. His girlfriend's name was Babalo Breakfast. I don't know if that's like her actual name or like an alias, but in court documents, she is referred to as Babalo Breakfast. He couldn't find Lutando at his girlfriend's house and after this decided to go to his place of work and it just so happens that Lutando worked at the Infinity Cocktail Bar that was owned by Jay's husband, Chris. Lutando was then taken for questioning at the Guanobuche um, detective offices alongside his girlfriend, Babalua, and they just went for like further questioning because obviously he was their first and only suspect at the time and during this questioning that's when Lutando decided to tell them about the conspiracy to murder Jay Panetto. According to Lutando in 2004 between August, September and October Chris approached him. He was at work and Chris approached him and asked him to like if they could have a conversation. So they walked outside close to Chris's car, but they weren't inside Chris's car. And this is because there was someone else in the car. It was a woman, but this woman was not Jade. After this, Chris just kind of like asked Lutando if he knew someone that could and made like a gesture, like, you know, like a, you know, like, you know someone that could kill someone for me and that's what Lutando got from that and then he kind of just told Chris that he'd look into it and he'd find someone for him and at the time Lutando says that he didn't know who Chris wanted killed. At first Lutando went to someone named Lama of Motherwell and after this he said he was interested Chris and Lama met but nothing came about from this interaction their first meeting after this, Lutando found another guy. He was referred to as Thrombi in the court documents. And he too met Chris and nothing came about from this interaction. After this failed meeting, and I think two more failed meetings happened after this, Chris started putting a lot of pressure on Lutando to find someone to have this said person murdered. And that's when he finally told Lutando for the first time that he wanted his wife, Jade, murdered. And he said that it had to happen um, before school holidays. And this is just because during like the school time, Jade's like life is more like in routine. Like she'll wake up at a certain time, go to work at a certain time, come back at a certain time. And just the places that she goes to are limited as opposed to if they were to have her killed during the school holidays because it just would be harder to locate her. After this, Chris told Lutando that he had three reasons why he wanted Jade killed. The first one is that apparently he worked really hard for really long hours to earn the money that he earns and Jade would basically just like go spend it and he didn't like it. The second one is that like he had car issues apparently he had to sell his Renault Megana I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it but he had to sell that and then after that he had a buggy and this buggy had issues so he went to go get it fixed and after he got it fixed he sold it for about 50,000 Rand and for him that's a financial loss 
also i don't know much about like cars and stuff but i know that once you buy a car like just depreciates in value so i'm sure fifty thousand rand isn't like a lot of money for like when you sell a car for like a bikey i don't know but i don't think it's like that much and the third reason is that apparently either chris's parents or jade's parents were pressuring him to buy a new home for him and jade and he didn't like that either so these were the reasons that he told Rutano that he had to have Jade killed. She just, you know, basically, for him, basically, was just about saving money, and his wife was a money problem. So by now we're in February 2015, and this is when Rutando met someone named Sizwe Zonke, Vuma Zonke, and apparently he heard that Sizwe knew like some guys that would be able to carry out the hit on Jade. So he met up with Sizwe and Sizwe agreed to this plan and they exchanged numbers. So after this, Lutando showed Sizwe all the places that he could find Jade, like possible places that like he could like kidnap her and then take her and have her killed. And then all of a sudden, around the beginning of March, Sizwe disappeared and Lutando was back to square one. At this point in time, Chris was just panicking because for him he finally had someone that would have his wife's murder like carried out and now this person just backed out and he was just putting a lot of pressure on Lutando and after this Lutando met up with someone else they agreed and then just like the five other people before this person also pulled out and this is when Cesar decided to contact Sorry, this is when Rutano decides to contact Sizwe on Facebook and just try to get him back in on the plan. And this is when he told him that the amount that he would receive is 40,000 Rand if he does carry out the hit. And then Sizwe told him to just like send in his numbers again. And a couple of days later, they got into contact and Sizwe said that he had two guys that would carry out the hit and just like that everything was back in action so the two guys that Sizwe had contracted to do the killing um they wanted to hire a car they wanted to hire like a small white toyota i'm not too sure which one because i think it would just be easier for them like for the car not to be linked back to them and this would cost six thousand rand so after this lutando got three thousand rand chris got three thousand rand and together it made six thousand rand obviously and then they gave it to the guys and they were able to rent a car when they rented this car this was around the beginning of april and schools were just about to reopen after good friday like that easter weekend period so the plan that they had all come up with is that on one Sunday night, Chris would come with Jade to the Infinity Cocktail Bar and they would come in Jade's car. And afterwards, Ulutando would show Sizwe which car is Jade's. And at the end of the night, Jade would go back to her car and they would just follow her and then like get to like a remote area and then do the killing. But apparently that plan didn't go through because Jade didn't go to the bar that night. Apparently they had tried like three other times and all those other times failed. Another time after schools had opened, Sizwe and the guys went and they tried to get Jade as she was waiting for Cherise to come pick her up. But 
the weather that day wasn't that like it wasn't the greatest. It was just like raining, so they couldn't go through with it. And at this point, Sizwe was just like frustrated, so he told Ritano to tell Chris. Um, that they should just do it at his house and they like he should just give them like the keys so they could just go straight to the house and do it when she's home and chris said no they can't do that because number one they live in a complex and number two their opposite neighbor was a police officer so it just was very risky and they couldn't do that this is when chris just suggested that they should make it look like a kidnapping or a robbery just something along those lines and then the following Tuesday, Lutando got a phone call from Sizwe at around 8am and then Sizwe told him that the job had been done and he wanted his money. So basically the arrangement was that Chris would leave the money at the infinity bar with someone named Knox. I'm not too sure who Knox is because this is like the only time I saw his name ever brought up so I don't think he plays like he doesn't really play, doesn't have much of a role in this case but yeah. So Lutando went there to go get the money and apparently um, Chris hadn't left the money with Knox. So he says while he was like with Knox, kind of like wondering what to do with the money or like, you know, how they're going to pay Sizwe. That's when he saw on Facebook that Jade was missing. And then he called Sizwe and told him that, okay, I just saw now that she's missing. So now I know that like you actually did the job. I'm going to try and get in contact with Chris because the money isn't where he said he would have left it. And then he didn't want to call Chris because he just didn't want any like telephonic links between the two, which is also a bit like weird because obviously they would like communicate before and he also worked for Chris. So now like the guys just don't want to like have any contact with each other, which is also just a bit fishy. It's a bit dodgy. So eventually during the day Chris managed to call Lutando but the conversation couldn't last that long because at the time he was at the infinity bar and there were people around him so I'm assuming it's around about the time they discovered that Jade was missing so it's just like friends and family that like are worried and are at the bar so they didn't speak for that long and later that night when Ulutano was back with his wife Babalua, Chris called, he made up with Chris, Chris gave him a bag that had money in it, he then gave it to his girlfriend Babalua and then he left with Chris, he then returned to I think his girlfriend's house because his girlfriend was still at his house, then he called his girlfriend's brother and asked if he could drop Babalo off at his home and then she came with the money they counted the money that was for Sizwe and it added up to 40,000 grand. I hope that whole part of them like meeting makes sense. I hope it makes sense. So that was basically Lutando's story. So the two men that Sizwe had contracted their names were Sinete Menenembe and Zolani Sibeko so the reason I didn't mention their names in Lutando's story is because Lutando didn't know them by name. He just knew that Sizwe had contacted two guys. I think he had like seen them, but he had never like really gotten to know their names. So now police officers, I think they released Lutando because they didn't really have much to like go on at the time or much evidence, but they were watching both him and Chris. And during the investigation and then like watching the two Chris and Lutando like met up and in the car they had like a camera set up as well as a microphone so they could hear their conversation so Lutando basically gets into the car 
and he's telling Chris that you know the police officers are searching his house and he just wants to disappear and just like run away from PE and hide out for a while and this is when Chris told him that like he must stop calling him the police are tracking his phone and like Ulutano was just like break his sim card throw away his phone and they just mustn't be in contact I think there is footage of this online so I'll try and put it in right now and I'll also put the link down in the description in case you guys want to watch the full thing. But why the police off the... that's why I don't know. I think there's an informer somewhere, somehow, you know. Did, did these guys flip? Which one? You're okay. Yeah. Let them do it outside the house and take the bags and the rings and then they didn't take the watch or anything. They just left everything there. They just left everything there. You see, so it looks like a hit now. So they are after me and that's why I can't meet you just like this in front of people, Tando. Okay. During police's investigation into like why Chris would probably, like why Chris would want to murder his wife, Jade, they discovered that Christopher was having an affair. I hope like you figured it out by now. Chris was having an affair and her name was Chanel Kautz. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it properly. I'll put it down here just in case. And they had been having an affair for approximately three years by the time of Jade's death. And apparently Chris's parents found out and they were upset and threatened to disinherit him if he doesn't like stop this affair. And Chris just continued it. The second thing is that Chris was in debt. He had applied for a 2.2 million rand loan and it's just believed that he was just tired of like supporting both Jade and Chanel. So because of that, he just wanted to get rid of one of them and it just happened to be Jade. It was also discovered that Chris would also buy his girlfriend like a lot of things, would buy her bags that cost 2,000 Rand, would take her to like expensive hair saloons to get her hair done. She, like she just got like the whole princess treatment. And it turned out like Jade didn't get that. Jade's diary was found and there was an exit from the 21st of September 2014, so a couple of months before her passing. So basically it said, I'm jealous when I see other people living the life I so desperately long for. I want a normal life, a husband that comes home at a normal time, has a normal job and makes time for his wife and family. Somebody that doesn't hide me or cover up, always respects and puts his wife first. Jade's friend Cherise also told police officers and the court that like, Jade just wasn't happy because Chris was working all the time, working all the time. And like there'd be nights where she wouldn't change out of her work clothes because she wanted Chris to see on her normal clothes and so that they could just have like dinner together. So just like from like small excerpts, excerpts of Jade's diary, you could just tell that at the time their marriage just wasn't the greatest and she wasn't happy. On the 5th of May 2015, Christopher Panato was formally charged with the murder of his wife Jay Panato. Sizwezake Fumazonke unfortunately passed away in hospital in September 2016 and because of this he never got his day in court. The two people he contracted however
adopted. Sinetembe Nenembe was sentenced to life for murder and an additional 15 years for robbery. His partner, Zulani Sibego, was found guilty of conspiracy to commit murder and was sentenced to 15 years. Christopher Panato was charged with murder, conspiracy to commit murder, kidnapping, robbery with aggravating circumstances and defeating the ends of justice. He was sentenced to life imprisonment for the murder of his wife. Lutalo Sioni, who is now 37 years old, is actually expected to appear in court this month, which is the month of May 2021, which is years after Jade's passing. So he's finally going to stand trial for his part in Jade's murder. Apparently during the whole court proceedings that they had back in 2017, he was described as a hostile witness because he just wouldn't answer questions and like just basically just had like a lot of attitude. On the 8th of December 2017, Christopher Panato's lawyers applied for leave to appeal the sentence and the request was heard on the 17th of May 2018. However, the judge denied Christopher's application for leave to appeal. He then tried to appeal in Bloemfontein but to no avail. As of now, Christopher Panato is serving his sentence in St. Alabans prison near Port Elizabeth.